Hello, I'm your host, Kathy Chester, and welcome to the Move It or Lose It podcast, a podcast about all things that move the mind, body, and soul. The Move It or Lose It podcast is for information, awareness, and inspirational purposes only. I am not a doctor, and I don't even play one on TV. So please consult with your doctor before making any medical decisions. The views expressed by advertisers, guests, or contributors are their opinions and not necessarily the views of the Move It or Lose It podcast. I do have a question for you now. We we talked a lot about teens. We talked some about um, the vaping with teens and especially with COVID and the pandemic, if it ever is over. What are are your thoughts and how big of an issue is this in your right now with the teens? I mean, I see it all the time, even our young adults. I mean, I, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a pediatrician and I don't see kids as many. I mean, our clinic, we do see some kids, but not, I don't see them. But I mean, we have adult, we have five adult kids, like young adult kids on our own. And I would say two out of the five have a vape all the time. And they're at that age where you can't really say anything or pick them up, put them in, you know, in their, in their room and say, you're grounded. So it's like, yeah, I mean, I have 13 and 15 year old and, and they see that I'm in, in this, I constantly, they've, they've read parts of my book. They, they, you know, they, they're in some, so, but, you know, I, I see that. I think the, the, it's huge problem because they come and I ask them, I have some of their friends sometimes come and we have conversations or their parents, parent, my friends would have kids who'd start using, or my kids, um, my kids, friends will start using and their parents will come. And so it's, it's all, it's, it's, and the problem is getting a lot worse. Mm -hmm. And the bigger component of that is the access and access is getting easier. And especially since Delta eight and 10 came out, that's just kind of, I had this very unpleasant few situations where good friends of ours were calling me and saying, look, they were in an illegal state. There was no medical or recreational, but the kids found a way to get things online, shipped to their house. And they were getting not just high, they were getting toxic. Sure. Because especially the Delta eight, we know that it's, uh, there is no clean Delta eight as far as I'm concerned. Maybe there is, but if you just, since we don't, we can't even recommend particular brands. Right. And and frankly, I feel strongly not to, because if I can have a controlled medical grade THC, it's definitely right. that. And until we have a clear evidence that quality is adequate for Delta eight, which, you know, in an unregulated market, there's no way to do that. And so that's a problem. I, I actually, I personally have not seen deaths yet, but I've right. already heard of some. So I think, but I have seen at least one uh, young adult who came with a severe toxicity that was Delta eight and it was mercury and pesticides. Wow. And we had to, we had to show every, all the data to the parents and the, and the, the patient and say, look, you got to stop this completely. This is going to kill you if you get yeah. him in this amount. And, uh, and he came with a severe psychiatric breakdown. Wow. And it's a combination of probably just overuse of the psychotoxic substance. Well, it's constantly in their mouth. It's like every couple of seconds, they're back at it again. That's what I see. Yeah, that's a massive overuse. I mean, that's when people probably consume hundreds of milligrams of THC equivalent a day. 
There is very little benefit of that. In fact, the evidence of harm is so robust in this scenario that nobody should be doing this. And and you and the question is, can you kind of it always comes up in conversations. Well, can you harm reduce this? Can you, I can't have him or her, him stop doing this. So can right. I at least, so you can say, okay, take some CBD because we know CBD will positively balance this. Mm-hmm. But at the certain dose, I don't think it's even realistic because right. the kids or young adults that I've seen and heard about, I mean, they were taking such a massive, I don't know if you can truly bypass toxicity from that um do you think dr cohen do you think that it has become so much higher because the anxiety and the fears of the of all of that they've been through have gotten so much worse i think so i think it's an access okay access and cost are probably driving because the cost is going down access improving and you know people are people right i mean there wouldn't be this there would be alcohol or there would be something it's because we're not addressing the underlying issues like right. you know that that common experiment you put the rat in a in a cage give it cocaine and it'll consume it until it dies you put the rat in a very beautiful social environment where they're happy and they get food and you give cocaine and nobody's using that cocaine right. and happy that's because look at our problems i mean we're not addressing our problems in, in an appropriate holistic way i mean we're there's no effective mental health care in this country. I mean, sending patients to a psychiatrist and giving them antidepressant is not a mental health. Oh, yeah. Not Absolutely. a problem. It's just fixing the symptom. So that's the, that's the same issue. So people begin to self-medicate with whatever. And until yeah. we have a structure in place that we can actually engage someone in an appropriate therapy and have them go through a process of learning why they have this drive why you know and and each individual can think about your own tendencies we all have some addiction tendencies we all have some things that are leading to particular shifts in our health right so you could if, if you're relatively healthy but you know there are certain shifts you can also simply start engaging in the processes of mindfulness and meditative practices where you will start learning yourself gradually better and better absolutely that's that's another really important principle of integrative medicine that when i get patients referred to us for issues of mental health when it's pretty obvious that the patient is not ready to hear anything that Mm -hmm. is very common type of referral to our practice because instead of telling patients go see a shrink and it's all in your head we will basically say it's not in your head you're simply not able to get to the point of understanding where is that dysregulation so let's spend time together and figure out what do you need to get there? And you know, right. is it a mindfulness, a mind block? Right. Is it art block because there's an emotional trauma or something that that has locked you in? Is it actually something biochemical, like a nutrition right. nutrient deficiency, hormonal sure. toxin of some sort? And you know, until you start looking at this that way and and realizing that when you engage with the patient, you don't know at start what actually is happening you have to really be comprehensive and detailed yes then things begin to unravel and then you start realizing oh okay i mean okay you live in a molded house for 
right. years. What do you expect? You can go see every shrink, but if the mold causing direct brain damage, shrink is not going to help you. 100%. We see that a lot, by the way. Yeah. Right? Oh, and I'm then, sure. And unfortunately, also with an unregulated products that are often, I have seen also patients smoke Delta 8 and then come back with not just toxins from metals, but also come with a horrible mold toxicity. Yes. Yeah. I'm sure that's terrifying. And I think for the, with the young adults, that has been, I mean, not just because we have five young adults, you know, together with my husband and myself, but you know, it just, it's just terrifying when I see them and it's like, it's always in their mouth. It's never not. It's like this nervous now, this, um, yeah, I hate to use the word addiction, but it really is. It's but like, it's I'm so used to it. But it's often to, to better position that it's a self-medication. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Because they, it helps. Because and it's inexpensive. Yeah. It's available. It's inexpensive. It's easy to take. You feel better. You may get high and you may like that high. So there, there are multiple components that right. support the continuous use. And, you know, like the vets are also a very good example for PTSD. We know how effective that could be. And so, but then there's like, where do you stop? And right. also, if that's the only thing you're doing, you're never going to truly get better. So that's another, comp- the big com- the big problem here, it's not that it's a bad symptom management. Okay, well, some of it could be toxic if you're getting it elite. Right. But outside of that, there's nothing wrong with a tool. Right. The, what's wrong is that the tool cannot get to the bottom. bottom. So all you're doing is getting to the surface of it. Yeah. And I would say, and you tell me if I'm wrong, doing that so often in the day, they're never getting sleep. They never get quality sleep because, you know, we do know that excess of THC is actually really bad for sleep. You may fall asleep, but the sleep is different. It's not a well-balanced sleep. The architecture of sleep is shifting. So, you know, there's so many other problems, but also just the plain excess of THC. I mean, your brain changes negatively. Anatomy of the brain changes. I mean, you're harming yourself directly. The question is, where is that level? Like people who use it a couple times a week just because they got home and they're stressed. I don't think there's going to be any harm in that. Right. I'm talking about massive doses on a regular basis because somebody is constantly anxious or. Right. Or they can't and I see sleep. much more of that than I do just the with our young adults and then topping it off with alcohol. Right. And then also they're on a, an anxiety medication right. and my mind is blown because I'm just like, ah, what, you know, how do we stop? This? And that, I agree with you. I think it is getting worse. I think it's gotten worse because of COVID partially. Mm-hmm. I think it's gotten worse because because of COVID, some of the pre-existing structures got disrupted. So now yes. we also like. I don't want to say we're post-COVID because technically we're not yet, but like we ex- we established so many new things during the, yeah. the telemedicine and all this. But we're still like in the first steps of getting to say, okay, now this is forever. We have to now solidify the structures and, and allow better access and keep improving them. There's still like all kinds of mess in there. Like, yeah. for example, think of it this way. We have all these states, and if I'm a physician and I need to see a patient for medical care from out state, but the problem does not require me to see them face to face. Why, like, 
why on earth wouldn't we simply say, let's figure out a structure where I right. don't need to go get a license in every state? Like, yeah. because I would have to pay five, $600 to each state every right. time for every year for like, can't we come up with, I mean, so you know, we will, I, I have no doubt that eventually something will occur, but, but it's just, we're in a, such a rapid shifts of yeah. practice, not just what we practice. And so, I think that that unfortunately, a lot of the times patients become kind of in, get stuck in uh, situations where the access becomes an issue because the infrastructure is not there. Oh, absolutely. And it's and honestly, I what I hear most of the time is it's just less expensive for me just to get medication. and and it is. And I understand when they are struggling financially. It is much easier just to get the medication. So that often is the only thing that's covered. Right. So not just 100%. the actual out-of-pocket cost of a drug, it's, which many are cheap, but many are expensive. Right. It's also the insurance covered. Are you battling a chronic illness like multiple sclerosis and know it's time to add exercise program and movement to your body in order for you to have the best health and independence for you? I am so excited to announce the launch of my new program, Damn It, a disrupt, move, and transform program. For us, autoimmune warriors with a trainer who really gets it, me. You can participate in either virtual one-on-one -on -one training, virtual group training, or both. To find out more on how you or loved one can benefit from this training, email me msdisrupted at gmail.com. Message me on Facebook or Instagram at msdisrupted. Look at the website, msdisrupted.com. Take a look. Can't wait to see your face. So I want to move on now. Any any progress you see federally? Yeah, I, I, think, I think we're... I'm very optimistic. I mean, I personally feel that we are a few years away. I, I expect, unless something super bizarre happens with the next administration, I think it will be on the next administration's agenda. Okay. And I think the main reason is financial. Because okay. after all, I am pretty sure that the federal government is looking at this and saying, look, wait a second, that's a massive money making. We have to figure something out. And there's also, I think there's enough political pressure at this point, because we know that something like over 60% of Americans heavily support the initiative of making medical cannabis universal, right. not, not state patch. That's another problem. Like, okay, you live in one state, but you have to travel for work. Oh, now, yeah. It's illegal to move it between the lines of states. That is insane. Right. If I am a, you know, if I'm a... a a patient and I have to go to work and it's my drug. How can I not take right. it? Hundred percent. And yet the federal government says you can't. Oh yeah, there's been times where I've had to fly somewhere and the state that I'm going doesn't. I can't do it. So then I'm on. Then I have to go to medication for the time that I'm there, or I would never sleep. Sleep is such an issue with me. So it, it's crazy that we have to do that. But yeah, it's, to your point, it is that is my medication to sleep. And it's like, are you kidding? So I agree. I, I'd love to see that change in the next couple of years. 
Well, I, I mean, I don't know if I don't know what the timing is, but I, I think I think we're not far away. I, I, we're definitely way closer than we were even a few years ago. Yeah, no, I, I believe that. OK, so my last question for you, Dr. Kogan, is what um, what is on the horizon for you? Any new books coming? So I have, well, the soft edition is going to come out in, I think, spring, late spring or okay. early summer. It's a little bit out, updated. So it's, there's not much that we put in. Uh, part of it is, well, part of it is the <laughs> publisher doesn't want to see the fully rewritten book, which is, okay. we were going to add a lot. And they said, no, 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 wait, that, that's not how the publishing works. Okay. So, um, you know, but I also have the Optimal Aging book coming and that actually started with Andrew Weil asked me to write that book some time ago. And that's, um, you know, that that's a very different book. So the book right. is not necessarily anti-aging. The book is about what I do, which is uh-huh. geriatrics. So, you know, I have a, lots of patients who are in their 70s and 80s and they're complex. They have multiple medical right. problems. And how do you do this the best? So that's what the book is about. Right. Which I think is fabulous. I, I'm definitely going to be recommending that. So I want to know, but that's going to come out in the spring. It's going to come out. I, I, well, we're editor is still working. So I don't, okay. I'm, it takes a little while. So I'm yeah. guessing it'll be more like a fall. Okay. Something to look forward to. So I, I will definitely want you back to talk about the book when it comes out. Okay. So like always, I mean, I think that you coming out is so helpful and it gives so much more understanding to, I know a lot of my clients and listeners that are just really trying to understand more of how this works, whether it's, you know, sleeping, spasticity. Um, I've got one that has psoriasis really bad and wanting to get on something that um, that would help with that. Yeah. We published the case of, of basically a complete resolution of psoriasis using topical THC. Really? Um, yeah. And, and I actually now get like a steady after that case, I have patients every couple of months who get referred to me for that. And oh, interesting. My success rate is huge. Wow. So I, just I, using I, a at topical? Least 50, at least 50% success wow. rate. Wow. So if it's on their body, they just use yeah. like a yeah. topical? I mean, if, if they have a severe situation mm-hmm. where it's all over, it's a little harder. But the case we basically documented, you can just Google my name in case okay. it's in the it's a it's open access. Okay. Is it open? Well, you can find it at least the abstract. Yeah. It, it's a very profound anti-inflammatory tool topically. And okay. I kind of I'm a little surprised that we're not seeing more topical application. Yeah. I, I think it has to do with the market more than anything else. Because I use it a lot for me, for the muscles, like in my neck and shoulders and forearms. It's amazing because also if you don't have to swallow it, it doesn't go through the digestive tract. It doesn't go through the liver. You're never going to get hyperactivation. So you've got chances of getting higher, much lower. Right. Chances of any side effects, dry mouth you know, frequent urination, all those things, dizziness, all the things that we typically associate with a common use. Right. They're much, much less. And frankly, they're usually non-existent. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I am surprised because I'll ask clients, well, have you used a a rub? Like no one, most of them have never used it. And I'll always talk about, so I'll look into that. So you have one that specifically yeah, and, and, you, okay. and we have that case in the book. Okay. I'm going to look. Well, because it was such a, it was, a, it actually was a, one of our colleagues that put me on the cannabis. So I had like okay. two or three people. Well, Donald Abrams was one. And then Beth Pace okay. uh, was one because she, I forgot how I met her, but she was one of those 
crusaders who was on 30 medications got off of every single drug wow. uh, by using cannabis and then became a coach. And so that's another thing I will tell everybody. If you find a good person and they don't have to be a doctor, right? You know, they just have to have you in mind and they have to understand the topic well enough. So Beth, in a way, understands this topic much better than I am. So I've learned all these things. So this was actually her patient. Okay. We just, she just used, in essence, my academic expertise to write the case appropriate. Right. We Very published, interesting. We published that case with the head of uh, GW Dermatology Department. Wow. Okay. Yeah, because he's very, very interesting. But, you know, he's also interested in making money out of it now with some of the, you know, because there's massive commercial interest right. in all this. Sure. So there are companies that are trying to get on the market to develop pharmaceutical products out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I understand. Yeah. And you ask, you ask what's next for me. Yeah. Put the books aside. So I'm seeing um, more and more benefit of cannabis as a disease modifying uh -huh. product for all neurodegenerative disorders. So I'm not talking about what we've covered today. I'm talking about curing Alzheimer's disease with cannabis. And it's not gonna be the only the only treatment to cure Alzheimer's or Parkinson or MS, but it's gonna be a part of the packet. Yeah. And with Alzheimer's, we have a program called Recode Dale Bredesen's work that's already there. Yeah, I'm learning how to integrate cannabinoids into that. And we're seeing some things that we're starting to get this all orchestrated for publications and positioning it right. So I think that's the next step. I think the next step is when we're going to move away from just symptom management. We're going right. to saying what disease modification, disease modifying effects can particular extracts have. Right. You know, and that'll take a while because yeah. that requires a serious long-term research. Sure. But I think honestly, Dr. Kogan, I think as many people that are nervous about it, you have a lot of patients right now that are really wanting off the medications. Right. So, so I that for myself, I know that that the disease modifying um medications that I'm on, I'm getting to the point where I'm like, I went off. I went off at all. And those are the patients who are going to drive the, the history here. Yes. But I feel some of the craziest things I've seen cannabis related, they were all from patients like this who yes. said, I'm done with this. I'm not going to take the drugs. I'm going to try something else. And some of them succeed. And I'm yes. not afraid of saying that, despite the fact that obviously I cannot substantiate this with some kind of randomized data. Right. But we will at some point. I have no doubt. The question yes. is, what will that look like? That's right. the question. And I'm guessing it's not going to look like that the cannabis is going to solve everything. We're just going to see it as a part of the toolbox that's going right. to No, I love that. And I'm, I'm very excited to see that happen because I think more than ever, we've got more patient voices since COVID because we, we didn't have anything to do, right? We just were there and we all be, we became louder in what we wanted, what we needed. And most of patient voices were saying, no more medications, no more just turning me on to something different, something different. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that's becoming more vocal than ever before that we went off. Um, and so I think that's becoming, I think that's what you're going to see is more of us coming to cannabis than anything else, because we do not want to be put on, you know, whatever the the menu of medications that 
you know, that, that the doctors are being handed from the phar- pharmaceutical companies and that that's the hot one right now. And so we're getting tired of that. So I'm excited, Dr. Kogan, for this. My favorite expression, you go into a butcher, you're not going to buy a salad. So we have to learn, we have to learn where we're going to get our salads and we have to learn what is our system to get our salad. Right. You know, and, and that system is individual. And, and yes, it's unjust. And I, I have to say that. But at the same time, I think the grassroots of shifts will occur. I think eventually we're going to start seeing directions where financial infrastructures will begin lining up with the finding the drivers. Because after all, people are going to go to providers who are going to make them better. And right. once there is a critical mass, which is already happening, yeah. we will start seeing practices that figure it out. Yeah, They figure out how to do this on a, some kind of a mixed insurance cash based where it's just going to become more obvious for insurance that they cannot just simply say, oh, I'm, you're doing non-standard. I'm going to drop you. They will they will not have that voice anymore. Right. They, we're not there yet, but I think. Not yet. Not yet. No, thank you so much again, Dr. Kogan. I'm looking forward no. to when you come on with your book. I want to definitely have you on for that. And thank you for touching on the teens, the young adults. Because I know for a lot of parents that um, that that's becoming more nerve wracking. When we've got some more answers for that, I'd love to have you on and just kind of go to where, what you see and and seeing what what we've got some handle on that at some point, which I definitely hope that we do. Thank you again for being on. You're very welcome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on Move It or Lose It podcast where you can, again, find us wherever you like your podcast, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Stitcher. Join us on that. And we can't wait to see you again. We're going to have a lot of exciting guests and working together. And as always, you'll hear us say at the end of every podcast, we are stronger together. So let's do it. Let's become stronger together. Have a great day. Hey.